Welcome to the Drive In Me podcast, brought to you by Toyota Jamaica, now leasing directly to your business, tailoring lease and lease to own options with island wide maintenance. More on that later in the episode. The Drive In Me series will feature interviews with some of the brightest minds in business in Jamaica, curating insights and learnings from leading business people and sharing firsthand the fundamental rules of business that have guided them on the road to progress. In this episode, we meet Miss Joanna Banks, CEO at Panjam Investment Limited. Miss Banks grew up in Cooper's Hill in rural Jamaica. Age 16, at her own insistence, she moved to Boston, Massachusetts to attend boarding school. She later studied systems engineering at the University of Pennsylvania, interned at John Deere in Illinois, and achieved an MBA at the University of Chicago before working at ExxonMobil in Texas. Despite her travels and experience in the US, her goal always remained to return to Jamaica and build a career at home. Jamaica raised me, and it is my obligation, for lack of a better way of saying it, is for me to raise Jamaica. Jamaica suffers from brain drain Right? Uh, particular in people in my, my age group who have real opportunities to leave Jamaica to, to make a better lives for themselves and for their families. And I don't blame anybody for doing that. Um, but I think it is our obligation to come here to make Jamaica better for ourselves and for our children, um, for our grandchildren, for future generations. Um, and I think I, when I left, when I certainly left Jamaica the first time, because I, I did so a number of times, uh, but when I left Jamaica to go to, to high school, it was always, it was certainly my intention at that time to come back after university. Um, I would say when I was at the University of Pennsylvania, you can ask most people, I did not enjoy my time at UPenn. Um, and it was because I was incredibly homesick. Um, I, I was ready to return to Jamaica. I, I came back and, and I loved every second of it. And yes, I was restless to, to, to find another path and there was some tension in my career at the time to try and find a way to make more money, which I think everybody wants to do. And I think the fastest way in my mind was to, to jumpstart that career was to get an MBA, right? Because everybody wants to kind of find a way to, to, to jump a few rungs in the ladder quickly. Um, and in my mind, it was an MBA. And when I did my MBA, it was always, how, how can I do an MBA, pay back debt, and come back quickly? So it was never that I was going to go away and stay away. Um, and, and to that end, and again, this is a, now a very personal anecdote. I mean, I made a very concerted effort not to date when I was away. So I, I didn't have personal relationships when I was there because I always knew that I, would, I was not interested in dating a non-Jamaican. I wanted to marry a Jamaican, to come home and have a Jamaican family. Um, because having that cultural connection to Jamaica was very important to me. Um, so, so I came back in order to, to be, to have a very concrete connection here. 
Um, and I did that. It took a little bit longer than I thought it would. I thought I'd be back in about a year after my MBA. Took a little bit longer to pay back that debt, um, but I did it. Um, um, and I think I think I've I've met that goal um, in a meaningful way. Now, not everybody can relate to that, and I think not everybody has has that you know has that desire to you know not have that very deep cultural connection to the you know, a lot of people feel okay to to go away and spend a decade or come back when they're retired and and whatnot but i i think that for me i i wanted to ensure that every dollar that i made every networking connection that i made every deal that i structured everything that I did tied back to the country that I was born in. Um, you know, my my grandfather on my father's side, my father's father was, um, he was the managing director of National Commercial Bank, so NCB Jamaica, which is the largest commercial bank in Jamaica. He started as the mail clerk at NCB, right? Um, so literally pushing the mail cart. And he worked his way through that company, which started as Barclays Bank in Jamaica, all the way up to managing director of that bank. Um, and through that role and watching, you know, of course I wasn't alive, but hearing that story over and over, Growing up, I mean, he would have retired when I was about, I think, 14 or 15. Um, but growing up, seeing people respect him, telling the story of that, hearing my grandmother, his wife, telling that story. I have her, she was a teller, and I won't tell you how they met, but she was a teller at Barclays, right? But she, I have her Barclays pin, right? From when she was a teller there. I have his nameplate from his desk when he was uh, from when he was managing director it's sitting on my desk as ceo of panjam right i think has ingrained in me the importance of being a leader on this island right and working your way through the corporate arena um in jamaica um and providing examples to other potential leaders in this country. I know the type of example he gave me, how important it was, I think, for him to be an example to others. When I think of the importance that he placed on his role in financing dreams as a banker in Jamaica and providing capital, which is effectively what Panjam does now, it's, it's important that I do the same thing. And I'm glad that I'm back in Jamaica doing it. So the path that I've taken is, is crucial. And I'm glad that I'm here. My hope for Jamaica is twofold. I think we have right now a fantastic, what's, what I believe is a, fanta a, f a fantastic foundation for true economic growth going forward. Um, I think we have 
regardless of political party that is in power, I think we have a set of leaders who are committed to seeing um, fruitful and prosperous, prosperous is not, not a political word, but a fruitful and prosperous Jamaica. My hope for Jamaica is that we, we genuinely have a, a youth upcoming generations that are committed to remain in Jamaica, who see the benefits of staying here, who if they decide to go, to go away to be educated, decide to come back. Um, I think it's okay to want to leave for some time if that's what you want to do. But I genuinely hope that they see that there's a chance for success here. Um, and I think recently, there's been no, there's been no better time than now for Jamaica. Everything has has really lined up for success here, and I've been, I've been never so hopeful than now for this country, um, and I've certainly been never more more excited to be in Jamaica than I than I am today. So my hope for, for Jamaica is that over the next 10 to 20 years that we see, we see a Jamaica that rivals other first world countries in terms of economic, social progress that we've been looking for in this country since independence. It's, it's about time. And I think the time is now. Miss Banks attributes her career progression to her dedication to setting and accomplishing her goals. Here she describes how she applied her goal-oriented approach to her leadership roles, and she shares the definitive rule that she lives by in business and in life. From an early, from a very early age, um, I was definitively goal-oriented, and I would say that probably was more from my mother's side. Um, and we're actually going through an exercise. My mother is actually moving house today, and we were cleaning out her house. My brother and I were cleaning out her house maybe a month ago, and we're going through some papers, and we found, well, my brother and I found a piece of paper that had said 10 things, I think this was written about 15 years ago, 10 things that I wanted to accomplish in 10 years, right? And he was like, well, how many of the 10 things have you accomplished, right? And I was like, hmm, eight, how interesting, right? And, and he said, well, how do you feel about the other two? And I said, well, why would you ask me that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he was like, well, does, he said, he said, that should sound familiar. It sounds like, you know, and dad said, you know, sounds like a parent, you know, you got 90 on a test, what happened to the other 10%? <laughs> so, so yes, it definitively goal-oriented. And it, we've always been like that, you know, this is a list of things you want to accomplish. What do you need to do to get them done? Um, and that's, that's how we've always approached life, always. Um, and without kind of an eye on the prize, what are you working towards? It's, it's, it, uh, otherwise, it's just kind of, let's just throw them some things in the air and whatever happens, happens. And that's a very willy-nilly approach to life. 
and that's that's certainly not how how I operate. What what I would say is having a very goal oriented leadership style makes leadership in, in incredibly clear, right? Um, because it it makes it makes the team very organized, right? So every team member is aware of what they are working towards, right? This is what the goal is. This is what your role in that approach is. And when we achieve it, this is how you are celebrated, right? Um, and, and I think it's important that everybody, one, knows what their role is, um, and two, how how they are appreciated right so when when i the way i approach leadership right is that i certainly don't like being a one i don't like being a dictator and two i certainly when 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 i was working for any type of leader i didn't like being dictated to right it's it's very demotivating right um and i really prefer to be empowering Right. I think a good leader, a good leader acknowledges team members abilities. Uh, he or she acknowledges great skills, um, allows team members to grow, even if that means team members outshine leaders. Right. Because at the end of the day, whole point of being a good leader is to allow team members to to grow beyond their current abilities right so when i look at my my current role as a leader it's it's not it's not it's not in my current capacity right it's to ensure that the next leader the person who's going to take over for me next is better than i am right it's that the next leader of the company takes us to a level that I currently cannot envision. Um, I was at a conference, I think like five years ago, just when I joined Pan, when I just joined Panjam, and they asked the person, they're like, "What keeps you up at night?" Which is, you know, it's a question that every time I hear that question, I kind of roll my eyes because everybody asks, you know, "What keeps you up at night?" And the answer was so unique. The, the, the guy said. Man, I am so concerned about there is some kid, some 15-year-old kid sitting in a geometry class somewhere and he's sketching some app that is going to change the face of this planet and there is no way that I can plan for that app, right? I have no clue what he's about to design Right. And, and, and it's just, you know, I'm not gonna be able to hire him. Right. I'm, you know, I'm not gonna be able to buy his product, nothing. Right. He's going to put me out of business and all I can do is just smile about it. And I, I am, what I really hope is that person is on my team and they're going to be the next leader of Panjam. Right. And, and I hope that I'm going to be able to celebrate that person as opposed to being jealous of them. That I'm going to be that leader who is going to be so confident, you know, about, about my own abilities 
that I'll be able to celebrate them um, and empower them to achieve it. So, so, so I think from a from a leadership style, that's that's what I'm hoping that I that I embrace, and that's what my team members feel is that they're able to achieve what they're actually capable of achieving. Uh, but like I said, when I started, you, you, you should really ask them, and I, and I hope that's what they feel. Um, but, but what I also hope is that going down, down the leadership chain, that the next level of leaders, that that's also what they're, they're empowering their own team members to do as well. Is, is enabling them to be, to, be, to be powerful. There's one, there's definitively one rule, and it's discipline. Everything in life is, is, is guided by discipline. Um, we've talked already um, in our conversation today about, how, about being goal-oriented, and everything comes down to what exactly that you want. Um, there's a book, and I, for the life of me, I, I can't remember what it's called, but the, the author's name is Randy Pouch. Um, and he suffered, I, be, I can't recall what, what the name of his cancer was, but what type of cancer he had. But he, type of, he had a, a type of cancer, which he passed away from. Oh, the book is called The Last Lecture by Randy Pouch. He was a professor. Um, and the entire book was based on this premise, effectively, of how badly do you want something, right? Um, and I read that book when I just finished undergrad, so I just started working at Pan-Caribbean. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, how badly do you actually want something? And when you can define how badly you actually want something, whether, and he goes through it in the book, whether it's, and he goes through, like, you know, how badly he wanted to marry his wife, and, you know, spoiler alert, it's not as badly as she wanted to marry him. Um, you know, how, how, how badly, you know, you want the job, how badly you want to do your MBA, how badly, you know, you want to get the deal done, how badly, you know, how badly you want to run a marathon, how, on and on and on. How badly you want to do something. And if the answer is, I really want to do it, you will find the discipline to get it done, right? Um, and I think the first question you always have to ask yourself is, how badly do I want it, right? And if you don't want it, just let it go, right? And if you want it, get it done, right? Um, and I think it's, that's, that's the number one rule discipline and if anything has guided me through through life it is the discipline to get what I want done right um, how badly did I want how badly did I want to go to boarding school man I read those Enid Blyton books and I'm telling you man I wanted to go to boarding school more than anything on God's green earth you ask my mother right she'll tell you I wanted to go to boarding school more than I wanted to breathe, right? And I got it done. How badly did I want to, you know, do my MBA? Man, I had an email address 
I had, you know, Chicago in the name of it before I even wanted to go to the University of Chicago, before I even knew there was a University of Chicago. So for some reason, I knew that the Chicago was in it, right? How badly did I want to work at Panjam? Man, there were two companies that I reached out to in Jamaica. Two. Panjam was one of two. So I wanted it pretty badly. You know, how badly did I want to work at Exxon? Man, I applied to two companies to work at in the States. Two. Exxon was one of two. How many schools for my MBA? I applied to three schools to do my MBA. Three. University of Chicago was one of three. And I did everything with a sense of discipline that, man, you couldn't, with the jaws of life, you could not have pulled it from me. So... That, that is my guiding principle, discipline. Despite all of her career success, Miss Banks has learned some tough lessons along the way. Here she describes an early lesson she learned from a senior executive, the importance of which she only realized much later in her career. I learned it the hard way but I could have learned it from just listening better, <laughs> is when I was at Exxon, my, and I would say he was my mentor and probably still is, I hope he thinks that, um, is uh, he was, he retired, the treasurer of Exxon Mobil at the time, Bob Schlexler. He, um, when I was, when I had just gotten there, we were in a meeting together um, and he said, he said, you know, we try very hard at Exxon to have, and it's very true, when you join ExxonMobil, they tell you they want to keep you for your entire career, right? Um, and the way he phrases it is, work-life balance at ExxonMobil is incredibly important, right? So if you ever try and find Bob, or tried to find Bob after like 4.30, it'd be very hard to, right? Doesn't mean he didn't work hard, he did right but work-life balance was very important so he would go home um, and he'd spend time with his family and chances are he would he would just go home and then he would restart work afterwards he'd work from home in the evening um, and the way he would say it is we don't we don't want to burn you out over five years we want to burn you out over your career so by the time you're ready to retire you would be burnt out right you'd be ready to retire um, which is something that I say I, I say now to people that I work with, right? So if they're so, you know, if I'd leave the office at, I don't know, seven o'clock, which I don't do very often, right? I, you know, I've, and I see someone there, I'll say, listen, you know, we're not trying to burn you out over five years, we're trying to burn you out over your career, so please leave. Um, but me saying that, maybe like three years ago, there was a time where I was really pushing far too hard right I was where I was in office I would say every day 6 30 in the morning and I would leave office every day 8 30 9 o'clock at night I mean and I would get home eat dinner um, I would work again for maybe two hours. If I got an email, I was working on some transaction, I would get some email from some attorney. The phone would like ping. I would wake up. I would respond to an email at 12.30, go back to sleep, wake up at 4.30, work out, 
go back to office a bit, you know, at office at 6.30. Um, and I got very sick. I got like the worst flu ever, right? I was knocked down for like four weeks. Um, and I remember just being like, this, it's just, it's just not worth it. It was, it was incredible burnout, horrific burnout, right? And I think the pursuit of, of real, of, of what I would call professional, um, what would I call that? Of, of trying to climb the corporate ladder incredibly fast, of trying to push my career ahead of, 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 of anything else really aggressively was not worth it. And I see that a lot. Well, can't really say that anymore. I saw that a lot before COVID, right? And I think COVID, for, for probably really good reasons, has changed that, right? Because I think the great resignation, um, a lot more focus on work-life balance, has put in perspective the importance of family, the importance of rest. Um, and I think that put in perspective for me that yes, work is very important, getting a deal done, super important. But truthfully, spending time with people that you love, ensuring that your health is is number one, getting longevity, ensuring that, you know, by the time you retire and you, you've collective you've collected the benefits of all of this hard work and that you are around to to actually enjoy all of it is you know, that you, you are there is I don't think I I think I genuinely took that for granted and I actually believe that there there are a lot of people my age that take that for granted, right? Um, and that was a very tough lesson for me to learn, right? Um, and the truth is, if I had taken time to sit and listen to Bob, and we had a, I don't think we had a full conversation about it, but we certainly exchanged emails about it afterwards. Um, and that was a very difficult lesson for me to learn, but it, it's something that has, has entered my my leadership style um, over the last two years, um, and it's something that I have definitively discussed with my team going forward. Um, and if it's something that I could share more with with everyone, I, I definitely would. It is incredibly important. Um, and, and I wish I could. I wish I could have explained it to myself in 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 an earlier life. Joanna Banks has always placed a high value on fearlessness as a guiding principle in business. Here she talks about its importance in life and how she defines personal success when she looks to the future. One, I think we are all born. I just think we're born fearless, right? I look at. I look at my goddaughters and I think all the time as they grow up, you know, they experience things and 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 I, as I look at them experience things, I think to I just think gosh, they're so courageous and I hope that never changes. And of course as they grow up, I can see that courage diminish, 
right? Their, their willingness to jump off of a bridge, their willingness to make friends easily, go to camp and just walk up to people and be like, hi, I'm Maya. Who are you? You know, it, it changes over time because experiences beat them down, right? So I, I genuinely believe we're, bought, we're born with this innate sense of, of courage, willingness to just do anything. And, and life just changes that over time. Um, and I, I think I was born with that. I think we're all born with that. Um, I think past that, me personally, I think my dad has an enormous sense of courage is the, courage is the wrong word. I think he genuinely has a sense of, I am just going to try anything. And the worst thing the world can tell me is no. And if the world tells me no, then okay, I'll move on, right? And I've I've acknowledged that sense of of okay, the world will tell me no from I was from I was very young, and I still see that in him today. Um, uh, and and I and I appreciate that in him, but but I will still I still go back to that very first example that I gave you of that innate sense of courage, and I and I think that's the bigger the bigger quality that I admire in everyone. And I, if I could bottle that in children and sell it, I, I genuinely believe I'd be a billionaire. Success for me is defined as legacy. My grandfather, you and I are having a conversation where you can see my face and you, you would have seen this smile on my face and the smile I have on my face now when I, when I talk about my grandfather and and how he how his career moved from being you know mail clerk at at a bank all the way up to the managing director and the truth of the, the truth of the matter is the best part of that story is is not his career the best part of that story is actually how he met my grandmother which you know i, I won't i will not tell that story <laughs> i will not tell that story publicly Right, but the truth is, they met. They, you know, they met at that bank, um, and and had a family. And of course, part of that family is me. Um, and and the joy, the joy that comes from their meeting there, and the pride that comes from that story, is you know, is embodied, and continues through through my ability to tell that story. Right? and the legacy that comes from that. And if, if there is someone who is able to tell a similar story about me, you know, 50 years from now, you know, some, some virtual reality, <laughs> because that's what it hopefully will be, or some technology that I have no idea what will be, 50 years from now, with a smile that is bigger than mine, with a pride that is bigger than mine, that encapsulates not professional success but personal success you know a joy in life um, of of you know family of of yeah of career but of family career travel love um, happiness 
if if my life is able to encapsulate all of that and is able to be shared through generations and over time I will have considered my life successful um, in the same way I will have considered and I certainly considered my grandfather's life successful um, because like I said I tell that man's story with a type of joy that that is palpable right um, and 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 if 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 shoot if if my brother can talk about my life in that way I will consider everything I've done absolutely successful The Drive-In Me podcast is brought to you by Toyota Jamaica. Toyota Jamaica now leases directly to your business, tailoring lease and lease-to-own options with island-wide maintenance included. From the RAV4 to the Prado, Hi-Ace to the Hino, you can refresh your fleet with fixed monthly charges in US dollars or Jamaican dollars. For more information on Toyota lease products for your business, call or click today. This podcast is produced by Record Media. Subscribe now to hear the full series.